Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you want to get your hands on the latest From the Stash merch? Check the links below, get the From the Stash store, and go check to see the latest drop. We appreciate all the support, as always, and we will check you in the next epi. This episode is brought to you by AC Infinity, leaders in garden innovation. From tents to controllers, AC Infinity can take your garden to the next level. The inline fans lead the pack with the ability to control all aspects of the equipment, along with the clip-on oscillating fan that changed the game, which all can be controlled with the Controller 69. Whether you're looking for individual pieces for your current grow, or you're trying to set up something completely new with one of their grow kits, AC Infinity has you covered from top to bottom. Use discount code THESTASH15 at checkout to save some money on your order. So I don't know if yeah. you guys saw this last weekend, uh, the CLTV boys, we went out to the 420 Fest in Lansing, Michigan. It was a fucking banger. I loved everything about it, except some of the sponsors. And this is maybe just my personal bias, but we've got this uh, group called the MCMA in Michigan. They're a bunch of commercial grow dickheads. Basically, the Chads and the Brads, not the cool Chads or the cool Brads. And they're anti-home growers, completely anti-home grow. And so I noticed, you know, commercial growing is not the devil. I think corporate cannabis at a scale, at a certain level, that can be. But what's the difference like what between a craft grow or a micro grow or small grow, home grow even, who's, who's gray market versus a big giant conglomerate? The good, the bad, the ugly. There's, I think there's a lot of a fine line. Money. People have a misconception. Well, that, but usually people have a misconception that if you're a big company, you're evil. And I hope to one day be a big company. I want to be banking a billion a year. I hope we're not evil by then. Like, fine. I think that's just what people assume is if you make too much money, you're evil. So I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've had some experience with some commercial grows. I've rare, rarely been impressed with wow. commercial smoke, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The reason I say money is because it's, uh, in, at least in my country, a lot of these commercial growers were in the exact same step in the exact same place as you and I, they were at home growing in the gray market and then managed to come across either an opportunity, uh, through investment, um, through, you know, uh, a government, you know, uh, um, um, policy, they were able to get into the system and then were able to make enough money that, that they would then advocate negatively against that same system. Like uh, our commercial growers uh, have advocated against home growing, you know, and it's like, how, how can you turn your back on the very, the very, you know, community that got you to where you are? Um, so, yeah, when I say it's money, it, it seems like once not maybe once but it seems as if like that influence kind of takes over in the cannabis market and then you just want to control the entire market now maybe it's different in the in 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 america but you know um money it, it just seems to have the wrong impact on on not only the influence of the opinion of the company but then the quality of their product goes yeah. down drastically now chris you live in in Nevada, which is a very consumer-oriented area in general, and there was uh, the largest dispensary that I've seen anywhere, Planet 13, and there's people there I noticed that would talk more than the actual brand was the grow. So we were like, ah, this one's good, but the one grown by Redwood is 
eh, you know what I'm saying? Like they actually were familiar with the commercial grows and it seems like people have a favorite out there. Now, I know you're not a frequent dispensary goer, but in time you've done it. Is Has you seen anything that's like, this is the commercial grow we need here in, in, in Nevada? Have you seen any of that or is it just pretty much just commercialized booth? Well, there is one in particular that, uh, now that you mentioned that, which comes to mind right away, which is Green Life Productions. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of them or not, but uh, yeah, what's the name of the owner there? Who has the the former WEC heavyweight champion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're familiar with them. I know you're a big MMA guy, but uh, their operation is actually in Pahrump, which is right next to Las Vegas. Uh, probably about an hour drive, roughly, give or take, depending on what part of Vegas you're in. But uh, their operation is a hop, skip, and jump away. But all their stuff does come into Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know if it goes up to Reno as well, but they have a really good flavor. Everything I've gotten from them was just unbelievable as far as flavor. And actually looking into their operation, one thing that they do that I don't know if any other commercial facility in Las Vegas does, which is living soil. They're actually in living soil beds. Um, I haven't been to their operation. I need to get to their operation. I hope they would allow me in there one day to to snoop around and maybe film some video footage. I've heard them opening up their doors to people like that before. Um, I'd love to get out there, though, and just learn their techniques. I mean, they've been on the same bed, same beds, I guess you could say, living soil, no-till for, I want to say, over 20 runs now. So they've been at it for a long, long time. And uh, they get soil testing as well. I think they get soil testing done before uh, they plant their seeds or maybe they do clones. And then also, I believe, in, uh, before they flip to flower, they'll also do the soil test. And, and then they'll, they'll feed in organic inputs according to the soil tests. So they're really trying to dial in the nutrients. Uh, I'm sure they have the lighting dialed in, environment, all that stuff. They're definitely one of the most known and most flavorful companies out there. Uh, farms out there i guess you can say in my area in las vegas area Fuck, we'll be tested that out at uh, november when we come out there but i wish i would have grabbed some of that instead of tyson stuff that was very very disappointing very disappointing and cookies all of it and this is the, the commercialized bullshit i think now Cantwell's place isn't very popular that i know of other than the hardcore consumers it's not a brand that the rappers are talking about and and you know are maybe is he affiliated with dizzy rights line that's out there because i'm pretty sure that was growing i have again. no idea so there's brands that, that I can stand by. Here in Michigan, we've got Franklin Fields. You know, I'm rocking here. We're actually working with them with Seal TV because they're the only commercial grow that I've been to that I'm like, these guys are like big caregivers. Like this is a this is like a medical grow for recreational and they truly give a fuck about the, the outcome and the experience for the consumer. And then they are able to actually get rid of their own product in their own dispensaries at a fire rate. I bought a quarter of some dank for 40 bucks the other day. Just crazy. Out of the dispensary. Wow, I'm blown away. And and the quality that you see in companies like that is few and far in between. You see so much more of this commercialized, commoditized bullshit in the market. And it's because if you got the marketing budget, if you got the skills to get it out there, or even just word of mouth, these brands explode. And it's hard to to look past the success. Now now I see Jungle Boys in the chat over here on uh, Twitch. People not I don't see them there, people talking about Jungle Boys. And that's you know, a prime example of a company of people who are passionate about growing. You know what I'm saying? These guys, since the beginning to now, they're really passionate about the plant. So yeah, it's going to be quality, but yeah, expensive and very, very craft. That's the difference between craft and commercial. Still commercial, but it's not like corporate, we don't care, we just need end results. How can we get our uh, 
price per gram lower. That's the whole goal, not how can we get better quality. That's never the focus with these companies, it seems like. Well, well in Michigan, that- we've gone through a lot, and, and I rarely hear anything about better quality. It's always like trying to get our price per pound lower, trying to get this down, operations lower. It's like, how's that help me? Yeah, while maintaining bag appeal, right? I think a lot bag of companies- appeal and keeping profit up. They want to make profit, and it's like, well, how's that help me? Is the price going to go down for the smoke? No. It seems like just going off a of bag appeal alone uh, here in Vegas, I can speak to a little bit is sometimes they have deals on ounces, for example, like, and you'll there, you get advertisements. You could either be a part of the email lists or whatever for dispensaries. And they'll let you know, hey, we're getting rid of ounces, 100 bucks, 150 bucks, which is a pretty good price here. Usually it's a lot more, but I've gotten some on there and uh, like boofy, like, Airy, like the bud structure and the best. There's no bag appeal on those ones. Everything I've gotten as far as those discounted deals ones. I know here in particular, they don't, they probably don't put as much focus on terpene profile, cannabinoid profile, the potency versus bag appeal, which is kind of sad, right? It is. Well, so when you've got a monetized market, it's different. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. And, and just kind of flush that out. It's, when when you uh, when you essentially and at least in Canada, it the, our market is so so immature. It's so young right now. Like we've only legalized in 2018. So in fairness, we've only had three years to find our stepping, or I don't even know what year it is. Four years. So it's like uh, it, you 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 still expect some time before it's going to be flushed out and really really uh, uh, running truly oiled and 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 smooth but the problem is is that when when our our market was created you had these commercial facilities that were growing up investors had or no not just investors but the people that were that were running these had no idea how to even grow weed let alone how to do it inside this huge facility running this like a uh, huge cost towards you know what uh, your 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 bottom line with personnel and with bills and so on and so forth and, and not to mention regulation and fees and like they had no idea what they were doing so so the fact that you even got any good weed out of that was was a blessing if you got any at all but when you when you ask you know it's like they they're not concerned about THC, or let me correct myself, they're not concerned about anything other than the THC number and and maybe that CBD number, because that CBD is starting to pick up. But generally speaking, the bag appeal doesn't have to be there. In a Canadian market, if you walked into a dispensary and said, can I see the supply, please? They'll look you in the face and think that you look at you like you've got two heads, like you're going to see the bag that it's coming out of or the box that it's coming out of. Not a chance, barely a chance are you even going to see the weed that you're getting in the container. You know, you're just looking at a bud that they got that they sifted through and they were like, you know what, this is a pretty one. Let me put this on display. You know, you get yours and you're looking at it and it's just like, oh my God, a bunch of limp dicks. Like, how did I get this? You know, it's that they hand it to you and like this. Right. This, and you're Where's like, the bag appeal? The piece I was just looking at that I wanted to, like, is this not a deli? Like, I've never been right. to a deli and they got all the meat laid out and all the stuff laid out and then they go to the back and bring you some shit. I'm like, 
Yeah, I that you can't see this right here. Well, you just cut it right in front of me. Why can't I have that <laughs> stuff the right there? What are, you, what are you doing back there? You know, so the market is not created for bag appeal. It's not created for smell, terpene profile. It's not created for taste. It's not created for nothing other than that THC number and that maybe that CBD number because that's all that's listed when you walk into at least a dispensary in Canada. And it wasn't much different when I walked into Planet 13. They didn't have a list of terpenes that went along with it. They didn't have a list of possible effects that went along with it they just had thc cbd and an outrageous fucking american price beside it like it was that that was the experience you know and there was some cool lights and some mirrors and a smoke machine and all that other stuff i was paying for with that bud but not really good bud you know what i mean so i was like i just i was not satisfied and that's not, that's it, it's no different in canada you walk in there you're not seeing anything you've got maybe six different types shown on a shelf that have dried out throughout time but the, a selection of you know maybe 20 different kinds and it's only the thc so the market isn't asking for you know that other information those other See, cannabinoids well, you where... stoner well, this is where I'd argue, is it the market asking for or is it market demands? Because most of these companies are only going by legal restrictions and what they're forced to do and say, so to speak. So, you know, I see in the chat over here again on, on Twitch, back in the day in Cali, just like in Michigan, they'd hand you a fucking jar. Like you'd be, you'd squeeze a bud. There was places that let me squeeze buds mm -hmm. for medical. Mm -hmm. And like, I was able to get all up in it and shit. As we're now, it's like, you got to stand six feet away. Like you got the Rona with a, a bud in a plastic container that may also have Rona and you got to... And maybe push a little puffer thing that you can kind of smell it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's such a weird thing. Some places. Now, Botanical Co., dude opens up a big-ass sea vault and whiffs it in my face like this. I love that. I'm like, oh, oh, yes. Like, so I know what I want to get. Most places don't do that. But they, being the fact that they operate right in the same location, the restrictions are different. Same with if you have a micro-grow license here in Michigan. If you have the full vertical, you could do everything. But if you're only able to just grow and you can't process or sell you have to prepackage it and set it up for them to go do. And then that dispensary has restrictions on what they're able to do because it's all just held tight. I mean, even uh, there's a, a local, not local for me, but Kalkushka, there's a, um, it's like a social lounge for smoking. The first one here in Michigan that's getting ready to pop up. Can't sell bud there for some reason, but you can at a bar. You could sell alcohol at a bar, right? You can do that and drink there, but you can't like, these restrictions make it so, is it evil corporate cannabis or is it the restrictions put on corporate cannabis that's where sometimes i wonder because i hear the stuff they say like in michigan everybody's worried about organics for the microbe issues for having any sort of uh any potential of it like there's hardcore restrictions the moisture content how it's stored how it's cured it's crazy so it's a hindrance in some levels for, to get to commercial so ups and downs but then in in canada you got moms i i don't know what the fuck that's all about like, well it totally operates on the gray side of things mm. allegedly yeah. allegedly um you know essentially you're you you can legally ship cannabis you can like uh, x number of amounts i think it's like up to 30 grams and you can you can purchase it so you can you know what i mean there's no illegal part of it other than it's coming from a quote-unquote unlicensed um distributor so uh, that's that's the difference and essentially a mom stands for stands for mail order marijuana if i can boofington um sorry no one else is going to get that reference I like um <laughs> um so you know uh it, it, it's it's an amazing option 
because the the quality is incredible because it's not being supplied by the commercial you know it you've got these local operations the only much smaller operations that are supplying the 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 market and doing an amazing job at it these markets already exist but are being controlled by regulation policy licensing all this other you know money you know because a lot of these companies have to pay incredible amounts for licenses incredible amounts for fees in order to just get their their safety so on and so forth their safety and their 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 land and yada 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 you can't be so close to schools you got to have you got to be so far from you know so it's you can't have any proper advertising on the front of your your product so there's a bunch of of restrictions that don't make it easy for the little guy to get in if you can't advertise your company on the front of the product how the hell are you supposed to make any notoriety for yourself you know i would also like to thank thick ass glass for sponsoring today's video they were kind enough to hit us up with three beautiful pieces if you head over to thickassglass.com use promo code the stash you can save 25 percent off all things from the website whether it's an ash catcher whether it's a small pipe or a big beautiful glass piece such as this one go over to thickassglass.com and use promo code the stash they've got you covered also, head on over to their Instagram and thank them for being a sponsor of today's episode. And this is why brands flourish that do have branding versus ones that don't. But unfortunately, the ones that usually have branding paid a marketing agency, you know, 20 grand to make this random ass design for them. They've got the budget to do that. These high quality artesian, uh, you know, craft cannabis brands don't necessarily have the budget to do all these things. And that same with supply and demand. Like even I remember years ago when Jungle Boys was kind of just getting out there and they'd be bringing stuff to, I think it was the TLC that they dropped it off and there'd be lines around the place, but they'd run out of stuff in an hour or two because it was craft, small batch, high quality, what it is. I mean, it's, it's just like if you were going to get, no offense, Wink, Kamchatka versus something like uh, Grey Goose, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be a lot cheaper and it'll be more production versus Grey Goose, a place may not have so much of it, you know what I'm saying? Because the demand, supply and demand. It varies and, and it's maybe different at that scale, but craft is always going to be better. Craft is the closest to home grow that you get. And I think if we have more and more people who can get to that level and partner with the company that's got the money potentially, or that has the branding or is somebody in the company who can do this stuff for them, that's when we'll see the evolution of quality take over the market. Because the masses just don't know. That's really what it boils down to. They're getting what's in their face and that pops. It's psychology. It's the colors. It's the logos. It's the names. And they're like, oh, whoa, that's the best. This is the one that I heard on a rap song. It's like, yeah, but it's not the best. Like, you should smoke this one in the random brown container that, that this has a little sticker on it, you know, $5 cheaper even. But unfortunately, the market's not as educated right now, I feel like. Now, you've been over to Franklin Fields. It's a local uh, farm in your area. I know that. You've done the tour. Are they consider, would you consider them a craft cannabis? Brand, yeah, they're like a, and a large what do they brand. do in their operation that would make them a craft cannabis brand? Well, for one, seemingly every grower there grows at home still. Like I follow about Instagram, but I see their post and I see a tent with a smaller amount of plants. I'm like, whoa, they pheno hunt like crazy. And they're very, very critical of their own quality. Like I was talking Matt up like crazy when he was on the episode with us and he was just humble as it gets. When we went to interview him, Normally, you call the person who runs the place the master grower, and he did not want to have that title. He's like, no, I'm like the lead grower or something, but not like, no, no, like very, very humble. And 
and knows his beginnings, never forgets the starts and the struggle to get there because they're still a young company. I think the big thing is, is he's not far away from um, craft and, and home grow. He's still very right in the trenches. He was a caregiver for years. So transitioning into this, it's like he doesn't forget where he came from. He's just scaling that quality that he already had versus other places I've been to, we'll say. They went to school and they found an investor or they worked at a dispensary or they worked somewhere else. They didn't, and they grew a little bit like, yeah, I've always grown. I had a couple plants here. We grew some outside and it's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. But were you like a caregiver? Were you an avid grower? Were you doing this for some time as like a, a career, so to speak, in the gray market, we'll say? Most haven't. And I think that's the big separator is like, these are people who went to the point where they did the most they can at home. And now they're scaling to the next point. They're getting to the point of like, all right, the pole barn didn't work. It was decent, but we need more. Those are the ones that I'm seeing kill it. And Franklin feels like that type. Killing it. Killing it. And super good smoke. I've only had one from them that I didn't like. And their whole company likes it. So I, obviously it's not bad. Buy a punch did nothing for me. Yeah. See, and again, like I, I, it's very difficult for, for, for us to like talk both sides because I'm looking at a Canadian market versus an American market and the Canadian market, which some would argue is a legal market. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it, it's very difficult for the, any marketing or branding to exist at all. And we are not at a spot yet where where a, a company like Franklin Fields or you know I actually uh, I, I live uh, relatively close to craft um, uh, Cypress Craft. They're also a small craft uh, cannabis grow. And when I started this off the beginning of the show, I said that what what's the big difference? The difference is money. And and it's like if and I and I can only hy hy hypothesize is that. If Franklin Fields and or this Cypress Craft had a plethora of money, had an unlimited amount of money, would those would that foundation of what makes their weed so damn good still be there in the end? And if the question is yes, I still don't think that's enough to to thrive because at least in Canada, you know, it's like it, built, trying to trying to enter into a market that doesn't allow you to build a brand for yourself. You know, it's like gone are the days of ever hearing of the words of uh, of of Budweiser or or Molson Canadian or Labatt or you know what I mean. You'll never hear a cannabis company with that kind of notoriety that even like a twelve-year-old kid will run around with like a a coconut shirt on. You know what I mean? Like it's that won't happen with cannabis because they're, they're our government is literally trying to prevent that. So and, and not only are you so so you do have amazing cannabis. You don't lose your morals. You can still you can still grow. You have to jump through these hoops in terms of 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 the government but then not only that but it's like your good weed isn't even able to speak for itself amongst the shelf yeah. you know because like how are you so how as a consumer how am i supposed to know this is the company that i should be focused towards you know like you've got a, you've got so many options you know when it comes to looking at for for a product that it's like which one's the tasty one? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I have, I literally have to spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars to try to figure this out. You know, whereas if I want to try a beer, I can literally go buy one beer, and I, well, and, yeah, you know, you it's got the label there. Exactly. You'll know by label. 
seven dollars you know? US, you know, like you get some fucking Miller for eight dollars out the door, you know what I'm saying? For a six pack. You're not getting a mm. six pack of joints for that price. Now again, Franklin Field, shout out to them, you get a five pack for twenty. That's pretty cool. But it still is like you got to spend money to find out, and that's the tough side. Or you got to grow it. You may not have the same phenotype. You may not have the same environment, same anything. So it's tough. I've gone into dispos for a headbanger, and it was not the headbanger I've had. It's nothing at all like it. I'm like, oh, what is this? Probably a heavier yielding cut, but it's the name. So I bought that right away by the name. Someone else would do that for ice cream cake, for a gelato, for any of these ones. So that's usually what most people shop by. Like name in that sense, mm-hmm. the THC count. And then if they can see that little, looks like a fake plastic nug on the display that's been there for a year and a half, then that's it. That's the whole everything. If the market was able to be open more, it's, I think the main thing is restrictions. As we're talking about it more and as thinking out loud, it's like there's, there probably would be a lot better quality. And probably we'd know these brands if all these restrictions weren't there. If you could have celebrity endorsements in Canada for somebody who's like, hey, I'm smoking this fucking fire. Yeah, it's great. But you can't. But you, you can't, can't, right? But you to, can't. You know? Right. You can't see right. ads on TV, but you can see, you know, all sorts of crazy shit anywhere. It just is yeah. the hindrance of the performance of this industry is based on the people regulating it, unfortunately. So until that changes, the shitty corporate cannabis, cannabis will flourish because they're taking their stuff that worked in the, you know, corporate world and putting it over here. And it's it's running. It's a business. Even if they're not showing profit, everyone's getting paid and people are smoking mids for 60 and 8th. You know, it's sad. But that's while why the good stuff, home, while the good stuff sits shelved. You know, when he just sits down there in the bottom, you know, just you know waiting. Shit I've bought that's oh. been way better. It's like, it's like, honestly, well, it used to be like hip hop, like rap. You know what I mean? Yep. The good stuff, the underground stuff was the shit. You know what I mean? And then, and then eventually it all became, you know, we got access to it all and now it's all mids. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And maybe that's where it's going. Maybe that's well, where like, it's going. Me personally, celebrity endorsement doesn't do it, but what it does is it's, it's brand awareness. So I'll hear that name, or I'll see that name, and then I'll be like, meh, I'll give it a shot. We'll see. See what the hype's about. Like, how many people have heard about Slurricane, or Mac, or fucking, um, even like the Cheetah Piss of the world, or the fucking Cushmints? How many of you had the real one? Some people, some people may think they have, but people can sell that name everywhere. I've seen on the same shelf Cushmints by four different people. And they looked completely different and had different descriptions of flavor and everything. I'm like, huh, interesting how that works. So it, the market isn't being navigated properly, but it's also not mapped properly to be navigated. So it's tough on the consumer more than anything. I feel like the corporate cannabis world can make it happen. They could pivot. They could shift. You know, but at the same time, what is the consumer going to do when they buy that mids for 60 and that's out of their paycheck? They got to wait for the biweekly check to come in. You know, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And if I could, if I could just touch on, like, I know, I think I picked up what you were dropping down when you were talking about celebrities, not per se, like a celebrity endorsement per se, but just the fact that you can advertise cannabis on television, mainstream, anyone can speak for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, like celebrities might be the wrong example in today's day and age. But it's yeah. like, it, it's like, at least at some point, somebody can say, this is good shit. You know what I mean? Whether it's because I, I can't, I I legally, and I'm not I'm not even considered a celebrity. So you know, yeah. It, but I bet you they'd can argue you believe if, that if a Canadian no magazine way. had us on a billboard, I bet you they'd get in trouble. And we're not celebrities. They would, the government they, you would get fined. They have influence over a market, and you're using someone's influence to manipulate the market. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's the problem with the restrictions. And and here in Michigan, there's a million fucking billboards. I always get proud when I see one. I'm like ah. 
weed. Yeah. Same with Vegas as a million billboards. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what they, that's their marketing tactic. They have to have billboards or taxis or fucking little pamphlets or sponsoring random events, you know. And it's tough. It's hard to navigate because again, you got to have guap to do this shit. This is old traditional marketing tactic tactics. So it's more expensive. They can't run a Facebook ad. They can't run an Instagram ad. They can't hit up a fucking celebrity to to. And that's local, and, you know. And that's why they're failing. And that's why, in my opinion, that's why their shit is boof. That's what makes the difference between a commercial and a craft grow is that, you know, they're, they're, it, to them, it's business and it's only business. Yep. When you, but when you ask a craft grower what you're in this for, you're not going to get just a small answer. He's going to tell you the, the amount of hours that they spend in the garden, the tears, the sweat, the passion that they have for the plant, their story of being involved. And, and that is void in a commercial operation because it's it's turned into suit and tie it's turned into business not that you don't you got to have business to succeed but but that should just be one pillar holding up the entire operation you know but 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 in my opinion hopefully money doesn't change and that these craft operations can still stay craft and bring us this quality dank because that quality dank is out there man it is out there i know it is because I've I've seen it in 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 the eye in the fruit, you know, you know, and so. I think that that's a great point, man. Is that the passion? If they don't, if you can tell the passion in a conversation in five minutes, like, do mm -hmm. they really give a fuck about this? And if they don't, get out of here, man. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, you can't. I inside. Oh, so Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say one of the restrictions that is passed down from these politicians that is actually a good thing is testing. Right. So they do have testing. That is a good thing that is tossed down from uh, politicians. I know in my state in particular, they're very strict when it comes to testing. They'll fail. They'll fail pounds and you have to throw a whole harvest. It's happened before. Um, but they test for microbials, heavy metals. There's a long list of things that they need to pass before they can actually put that on the shelf. Now, unfortunately, it's not foolproof. And I don't have all the details on how they do their testing, but you send in a sample for a, a certain amount, a large amount. I think it's several pounds there. Uh, and there have been times where there have actually, it seems like it's every two or three times a year where the news, the local news will have a recall. So say if you bought cannabis during these dates right. from this dispensary or from this farm recall. So you'll have to actually um, you know, go back to the dispensary and get a refund or, or whatever, but it's not foolproof. You know, that's kind of a downside of things. It's good that we have these testings, but it's not foolproof. Things are still escaping. There's still microbials and, and molds forming on these buds that are sitting on the shelves in packaging and being sold to consumers. So oh. I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. That's Well, if you got to think about, though, like these are great for the people. And the problem is, is who's testing it? So in Michigan, people love labs. mold. Well, we we had Iron Labs here, which <laughs> I've tested stuff with them before. And I know Trey has and a lot of growers who are caregivers have tested with them. Well, there was a recall based on their testing, and then all of a sudden, boom, they had fraudulent testing for companies that were in the big corporate world who they, they let slide through. And it's like, what? And, and it could have been hearsay. It could be another company shitting on them. I don't know. This is alleged. This is what the news said. So they had a recall and then recalled the recall and then recalled that recall. And so there was like, actually, no, that's all bad, but we were, we were <laughs> Everyone already smoked it for one, for two. Stop scaring people. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, people have smoked brickweed for a long time. Depending on where you live, you have smoked a cocoon at some point in your life. You have pulled rocks out of your sack. Like, you've smoked some funky shit. Strings, someone's hair from fucking somewhere in Mexico. And you're still here. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and it's not just the flower that you have to be concerned about with mold. 
I actually got an edible here last year. I got edibles from a dispensary and they were on sale. And I was picking it up. I thought it was a good deal. And probably the reason why they were on sale is because I've been sitting on the shelf for so long. I opened it up. I actually ate one of the edibles and like not really looking through the whole package. And then I ended up eventually pouring out the whole package of gummies and uh, finding this blue, I think it was mold. I'm pretty sure it was mold. It was gross. And so I ended up throwing out the rest of the rest of the edibles there. So it was like, I mean, that even happens with edibles as well. That's gross. The highest he was ever when he ate, <laughs> ate edibles, you know, fucking naked in the street. Uh, it's poisoned. <laughs> The, the uh the, and that's you know when you look at an operation that big versus an operation this small you know there's a lot of handling involved whether it's you know little nooks and crannies of an operation you know that's that's going to get void or like uh, uh, um uh, neglected you know yeah i have to think now i've never been to one of these incredible you know multi-thousand square foot complexes but it's like there's got to be a spot that gets less attention in my four by foot my four by four foot, oh my god! In my four by four foot tent, there's but there's places that get neglected. So it's like I couldn't imagine, you know, even with the personnel, that some of this stuff doesn't happen before it even gets to the market, you know. Um, but but again, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, dude. We know a place uh, of a guy that we knew. I'm just gonna say, and uh, they lost over a million dollars in product because of fucking mold that they ended up getting and because of thrips and issues that they got because a little bit of an issue started here and it spread like a wildfire. When you got all those plants in one area and all those fans and it's it's just it happens. And unfortunately when you're at scale like that, you can't fuck around. And this is why a lot of times they hire botanists and people who have all these degrees and all this shit, because they assume they're tight. And maybe everything is perfect that they do, but then all the smoke is fucking mids. So there's some fine line between being the sloppy hippie and being the perfect scientist that meets in the middle and makes that dank butt, it seems like. But when you have the restrictions, you got to be the clean guy, you know? So I get that, but it's going to happen regardless, you know? It's going to happen. And the thing is, it's like, again, here in Canada, some of the biggest companies, some of the biggest commercial operations are some of the biggest... uh, you know, actors or like uh, 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 they, they've committed some of the bit most crimes when it comes to, you know, cannabis in the legal market from smuggling in cannabis from America to operating in illegal operate, like in illegal grow, grow rooms to not filing proper amounts to selling booth product to to you're using radiation to cure the bud using like the list goes on and it's like i i maybe it circles around to the passion maybe we can insert my earlier comment to passion when i said that at the start of the show when i thought it was money maybe it is maybe it's passion that's the difference because yeah. it's lost and you're trying to push on these you know these 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 this shit dude have to you make seen, money did you see high times most influential people in cannabis recently I didn't no. read it, but look yes. See any of those motherfuckers if they smoke. I Just didn't know their, any of them. Look at their face. <laughs> not a fucking single one of them, bro. All these CEOs of these companies and shit, like, it, it's just, it's crazy to me, man. A lot of them, if you look at where they came from, it's regular corporate America. And this was a, a cash crop situation. They said, oh, I'll get money here. Like, if you can pull that up, is it going to show you? Yes, log in to read the article. You son of a bitch, high times. You son of a bitch. We'll it's 2022, it. I think. No, I bet you they'll show it here, too. I bet you they will. That's how bad it is. 
yeah yeah he gets lit like i mean maybe but may maybe i'm judgmental but this is what influences our market is is these people who are just ceos and multi-million that guy gets high he is high minus the joint hat and beard not he smokes now my big thing is this is last year's though be be mindful our industry is is being taken over by uh the corporate world that that right there that's what it's being taken over by right well, at least there. It just kind of smokes, you know. I'm like at least he, he was in the, the trenches at one point. I got respect in that area, but you guys like have nothing to do McDonald's. with this. Who still have gotten into it? And so this 2021 was a lot better. 2022 was horrible. We'll just say that it was. I went through the list. I was like, who the fuck are these people? Have ne- like what? Just all CEOs of companies, and it it really gets to the point where you see that our industry is plagued with the issue, and it's it's money a lot of times, either lack thereof of too much. So hopefully passion becomes there as passion as people have so much passion where they're pushing the limits in a good way versus this the shit we're dealing with now, you know? It'll be there. I have faith. I have faith that we'll we there. as a, a consumer group are going to be able to change that. I'd definitely love to know the, the folks viewing this, you know, particularly on YouTube or even podcast platforms. Let us know in the comments section about commercial facilities in your area that are really doing things right, you know, or actually want to know the commercial f- facilities that are doing things wrong as well. Because, uh, you know, just spreading that awareness is helpful. You know, it's helpful to consumers in your area. So I'm um, definitely forward, looking forward to reading the comments section on that one. Big facts, big facts. Well, boys, I think that was a great session. I think it's time for us to uh, talk up with the people. If you're tuning in on YouTube or other platforms, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. It's Roy Robin CO TV, P420, Mr. Grow It, and Wink on the ones and twos. Appreciate you. Stay lifted. Peace. Peace.